Well, that wasn't great. But the best part about opening night is trying to figure out what is real about your team and what is not. We will try to take a look at the Wilds' 7-3 loss to the Rangers today on Locked on Wilds. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Wild is brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, all of which can be found at BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we dissect and decompress a 7-3 loss for the Wild on opening night against the New York Rangers. We'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't, and try to figure out where we go from here in Game 1 of the season. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild your daily wild insider and uh, trying to kind of pick up the pieces here of uh, what we saw on opening night against the New York Rangers. 7-3 to the final. And it was, I think, things that we saw last year with this team, but hope that some of the things that we saw can translate. And uh, let's just start with some just overall thoughts on the game before we get to the turning point. We are going to do that to recap every game this year is try to determine the turning point for the Wild, either in wins or in losses. This one tonight came early on in the game. So just overall, it is a Wild team that I think kind of played themselves into a trap, you know, Five-on-five, things looked fine early on. The Wild were possessing the puck. They were getting shots on net. And it all just kind of flipped over uh, during the first period, and the Rangers ended up with a 3-0 lead. This is a perfect – this game is a perfect microcosm of the entire, you know, the stats tell one story, the eye test tells the other, because a lot of these stats – that you would look at, you know, shots, especially expected goals for, I think at one point had the Wild at 3.74 and the Rangers at 1.7 something. Main point is that, you know, you go into the first intermission, you look at the scoreboard and the Wild are losing to the Rangers 3-0. It's like, well, we're out shooting them. And that just kind of continued throughout the course of the game, but with what the Rangers were, you can't spot a team with a Vesna winning goalie, a 3-0 lead. You can't spot a playoff team, a 3-0 lead. You can't spot most teams in the NHL, a 3-0 lead and expect to come back and win. And it started with special teams. It started with a bad penalty that led to a power play goal for the Rangers. 
and the Wild were chasing the entire rest of the night, which meant that we saw players such as Kirill Kaprizov getting more time on the ice. We saw the lines kind of go into a blender. And so it was a night in which we didn't really get to see a lot of what we had hoped because the Wild were in catch-up mode the entire game. And the turning points, it's crazy to pinpoint a turning point in this game in the first period, but you look at what led to that Rangers power play goal. And for that penalty kill for the Wilds, They got swung way over to one side of the zone, and the Rangers were able to uh, to enter the zone. And it started with a Shesterkin. It started with an Igor Shesterkin pass up the ice to try to help get the Rangers' power play into the wild defensive zone quicker. Rangers got into the zone on the left side of the zone and the wild basically had all of their penalty killers on that side. So they were swung way over to one side. Chris Kreider was literally three feet away from Mark Andre Fleury and a couple of Rangers passes later and Kreider. It's the equivalent of a six inch putt on the green. I don't care if you whiff. I don't care what you do. You're not going to miss. And so the Rangers collected one of the easier tap-in goals you'll find. And so for a wild penalty kill that is going to be more aggressive this year, the Rangers power play, which is, and we talked about this going into the game, one of the best in the league with multiple guys that are absolute weapons on that unit, Rangers power play took advantage of the Wild early on in that game. Now, the penalty kill did not allow a goal the rest of the night. There were plenty of other penalties throughout the night, but it was, I think, indicative of where the Wild are at right now. They're they're not quite where they need to be, and they weren't where they needed to be to start the game on that first power play opportunity for the Rangers. And 1-0 quickly became 2-0. And 2-0 became 3-0. There was another goal that the Wilds gave up. I believe it was the third goal of the game. In which Artemi Panarin had the puck and was just holding it behind the Wild net. There are two Wild skaters on either side of the net watching watching him hold the puck, not paying attention to anything else going on. Furthermore, not trying to make him make a play, just allowing him to sit and do his thing. And what happens? A ton of traffic comes up in front of the net, and as a result, a pass to one side of the net, pass to the other side of the net, and a shot that gets deflected through traffic past Flurry to give the Rangers another goal. That also was indicative of what we saw in this one tonight, is there just was a lot of standing around and watching, which has been an issue for this team at points over the last several seasons. And so the New York Rangers, to their credit, they came in, they got the early lead, they held it, they held off a wild 
push down the stretch, and they came away with a win because they converted a uh, special teams opportunity and because their goalie played better than ours did. So credit to the Rangers. They are a very good team, and they played like one in this game. The Wild did not really do themselves any favors, though. There were a lot of just mistakes that led to things being harder than they needed to be. A couple of times that the Wild had power play opportunities that were negated by a penalty or ended up going to four-on-four and then a power play the other way. So it just making things more difficult than they need to be and... You know, that, that's just, it just looked like a team that was starting the season on the wrong foot. Now, it's the first game of the season. And so the last thing that is going to happen is overreactions. The Wild didn't play great. There's plenty of time to correct what went wrong. And because of how that game tilted so quickly... You know, you you have to try to sift through and look at the things that could be problems, the things that were kind of a one-night problem, and so on. And so we're going to shift from, you know, identifying that turning point in the game to the things we liked, things we didn't necessarily like uh, as we continue to try to kind of dissect and pick at this one as the, uh, the Wilds came up short in their first game of the season. So we will turn our attention to some of the things we liked as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net, and they are your number one source for sports betting info this season. You can find all of the latest developments on your favorite players, plus matchups for every team, the latest news, plus podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can possibly bet on. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events ranging from Major League Baseball playoffs Opening week of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, golf, the NFL, college football, the NBA, you name it, they've got it. If you want to get started and get your betting to where it needs to be, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For Locked On Wild listeners, as well as our other Locked On Minnesota sports shows, we are available now on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and absolutely free of charge. So make sure to download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Let's talk about what we liked. And in a 7-3 loss seems like there would not be as much to like as there was to dislike. But there were some things to pull away from uh, this one. Uh, I want to start with power play unit one. Power play one. Wow. 
uh, that unit is going to cause problems for the NHL this year. Um, I know that uh, they ended up with the one power play goal, but if I'm being completely honest, the power play in which Kirill Kaprizov was robbed on a just ridiculous angle shot that Igor Shosturkin was somehow able to glove. Wild should have had two power play goals tonight. They had one from Matt Zuccarello to get the team back into it, make it 3-1 to one at the time. They should have had a second. And you look at how that unit moves the puck and they battle for... They battle for control. Obviously, the reason that that unit was successful and the second unit wasn't is because first unit had Kirill Kaprizov, second unit didn't. But you just you look at the way that they move the puck. And shout out to Kalen Addison, who we talked about with uh, State of Hoppy as being somebody that um, is going to get a ton of time on that power play one unit. I thought he did a great job of orchestrating that unit as the one that was the uh, defenseman driving the bus. This is not a knock on Jared Spurgeon or Matt Dumba or any of those guys. I just I think Addison did a much better job with it than they have in previous years. And the action with Kirill Kaprizov kind of hovering around the left side face-off circle and funneling towards the center of the net where he has multiple options either right in front, on the other side of the crease, behind the net. It just allows you to have multiple pass points at any given time. Now, the Rangers are trying to take away as many of those as they possibly can, but it just, the first power play unit did such a good job, I thought, moving the puck, shooting the puck, and, uh, and just creating some chaos against Shesterkin. Now, as mentioned, they were rewarded with one power play goal. They very easily should have had a second one. I, I don't think there are many goalies that make that type of a save. And at the end of the day, it probably wouldn't have been one that would have overturned the end result. I mean, you score that, it's probably 7-4, to four, but... Who's, who's to say? But ultimately, I thought the Wilds got a great look there. Shesterkin just made a better save. That's going to happen sometimes. So I, I am encouraged by what we saw on Power Play 1 for the Wild tonight. Now, that's going into what I'm going to say now. I, I, I don't think it's too early to say that Power play two is probably not going to do it. Um, they could not even get the puck into the zone against the um, the Rangers PK unit to the point that then Dean double shifted the entire power play one unit um, on the there was uh, on the second power play the Wilds double shifted the entire top unit the whole power play. They're going to have to make some changes on that second unit. It just I don't think there are enough impact drivers on that unit. And, yeah, you could split it up. I think we're probably just going to see that top unit get more looks because it's not going to be a unit that scores every time, but I'm willing to say that that 
top power play unit as constructed tonight is probably going to get you into the top 10 as a power play unit. So give those guys some double shifts or something because power play two was not great in this one tonight. You know, the, and on the other side of the special teams unit too, I thought with the exception of that first goal in which we listed as kind of a turning point in this game, the Wild just were so swung to one side of the ice that if the Rangers are not able to fight out of that, that's a successful kill and the Wilds get out of it unscathed. It's just in this instance, they did get out of it and were able to collect on the power play goal. Um, I thought beyond that, I, I liked what we saw from the penalty kill unit. Now, there was one power play in particular in which the Wilds could not clear it, and so they got stuck on their end of the ice for basically the entire power play, but didn't give up the goal, and you know sometimes you're going to have that. Sometimes your attempts to clear are going to get intercepted at the top of the zone. Sometimes some of those puck battles go the way of the team with the extra attacker. Penalty kill, you know, I, I'm encouraged by what we saw there despite that first goal being given up. And, you know, beyond that, the other thing that we like, we obviously got to give some love to Matt Boldy for the two goals. And the two goals down the stretch with the team trailing like they were at 5-1, to one, just stepping up and making plays. It's, it's not an instance where Boldy got you know, a great feed from a teammate to tap one in. Those two goals that he scored, he straight up took the puck into the zone and just worked it past the Vesna winner. The one, he got Shesterkin so far out of the net that he had enough time to backhand it into an open net because he had Shesterkin on his back from the initial move that he made while he had the puck. So... Matt Boldy, with a step-up move, I think is an encouraging one for this franchise going forward. Didn't end up leading to a win tonight. You heard the comments after the game. He said he'd trade both goals in exchange for a win, which is what, which is what you'd expect to hear from an athlete at that point of uh, that type of a game. But I, I thought that was great from Boldy to step up at that point in the game and just say, I'm taking charge, and I'm going to make this happen myself. So some things to pull from this game, despite the end results. And, you know, the other thing I'll say, too, is it's pretty clear that the Wild did not pass the eye test tonight. Um, statistically, I know the Wild ended up in the favorable column in a lot of the statistics, but Rangers won the game, and that's... That's, I think, more where I lean on the stats eye test chart is that I very much am more to believe what I see as opposed to what the stats say. So I liked all of those things here in this one tonight, despite the Wild losing. However, there are some things that uh, we're going to need to kind of discuss to finish this up and wrap things up. Uh, after this uh, seven to three loss by the Wild to the Rangers, and so we'll uh, we'll take a look at the things that we didn't like to finish up today's episode after this. 
final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder for your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get a full lowdown of everything going on now that the NHL regular season is underway. Lockdown NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, just a reminder for Lockdown Wild listeners, along with our other great Lockdown Sports Minnesota shows, you can find us on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. You can download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So what did we talk about in previewing this matchup against the New York Rangers? You can't take dumb penalties to put this team in power play situations. And holy cow, um, those were bad penalties that uh, that the Wild took. I, I know there was the pretty obvious cross-check to Jewel Eriksson that was not called. But the the ones that the Wild took that led to power plays were just... Like, you just can't do it. And it seemed like, you know, Kaprizov took a hooking penalty. Hartman took a hooking penalty. Middleton took a tripping penalty. It seemed like the Wild all night were having to fight with their sticks because they were just a step behind this Rangers team. And so, you know, you can't give a playoff team those types of opportunities because they will cash in, and the Rangers did. So that was um, that was not something that we liked to see. You know, we're not going to we're not going to bash players specifically um, for bad performances, but I will point out that it was a rough night for uh, Ryan Hartman in this one. Couple of penalties that he took, um, you know, and that's we're giving Hartman the benefit of the doubt because of the great season that he had last year. And, you know, it's not it's not going to be over the course of an 82-game season. You're not going to have good nights every night. Some nights you just you don't have it. And so for Hartman, he has earned the he has earned the ability to play through this. And he has earned from the coaching staff for his play last year. He's earned the benefit of the doubt to have an off night and to be able to come back and still be the uh, center for that Kaprizov line. I saw the tweets. I've seen the comments. I know that a lot of the fan base wants to see Marco Rossi get the opportunity with Kaprizov and Zuccarello as the top-line center. And I understand. I want that for Rossi, too. But... The coaching staff likes Ryan Hartman, and so before any type of move is made in that respect, he's going to get the opportunity to try to get himself back on track. I hope he does. I like Ryan Hartman. I hope he just looks at this as a learning experience, kind of a frustrating night, and comes back and scores three goals against the Kings. So I am even potentially inclined to agree that Marco Rossi needs to get a better opportunity because 
on nights like this, that's what's going to happen to your fourth line. You are playing catch-up, and so those minutes go to Kaprizov, they go to Boldy, they go to the combination that's going to give you the best opportunity to win the game, and we're one game into an 82-game season. We have preached with Marco Rossi that as long as he looks like the guy, as long as he looks like an NHLer that is capable of a big role, we're going to consider that progress. I did not see anything tonight in Marco Rossi's game that screamed to me he's not ready for this opportunity. He was battling for pucks up and down the ice. His line just not did, did not get an opportunity to establish because the Wild were playing catch-up for two periods. So we will continue to keep an eye on that situation. And if 10, if at some point into the season, if X number of games into the season, we're still seeing struggles from the centers, there will be changes made. Dean's not going to sit on his hands with this. Just... These guys have earned the benefit of the doubt to put better performances together on the ice. And I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't think the offense was the problem tonight. I thought the offense did a good job for the first period of controlling the puck, getting shots on net. If you want to point a finger at somebody for this game tonight, you pointed at the defense. You pointed at the combined defense goaltending in this one tonight. All the, girl, all the goals were not Marc-Andre Fleury's fault. The defense left him out to dry on a couple of instances, but there were some goals, too, where you're like, that's a save we should probably have. So there's room for improvement for this team one game into the season, and I have no doubts. I have no doubts based off of what we've seen from this coaching staff, this team's ability to bounce back. I have no doubt that they'll do it. It's just you're one game into the season. The tendency after this type of game is to make massive changes and things that people suggest. I'm not even, I'm not even here to say that I disagree with some of them. But benefit of the doubt is the name of the game for a lot of the players on this team because of what they did last year. They have X amount of time to get it figured out. If they don't, we're going to see some changes for this team. So I just I just ask that we keep that in mind as the start of the season goes on. I want this team to succeed as much as they possibly can, and I know all of you do too. And so it's frustrating to see this kind of thing. But we are going to reacts to what we see. We're going to attempt to gear up for games and hope that this team um, competes night in and night out. But at the end of the day, the coaching staff is the one that uh, that makes some of those changes. So all in all, a little bit of a frustrating night, but we pulled some positives from it. And really, all you can do is just take this one, learn from it, and build up for Saturday. Now, in addition to this, because I really am trying to get into a rhythm with this for the season, we are going to do a preview pod 
for the Kings game. I want to try to be able to have some things that we have as boxes for this team against opponents and to be able to circle back and say, well, did they hit those boxes, yes or no, and why? Those are the big things that we want to try to do this year on this show. You've seen the new graphics. uh, You've heard some of the new sounds. We're trying to hit you with a bunch of different things over the course of the season, and so uh, I'll finish with a big thank you to everybody that has kept tuning into this show, uh, really having a good time with it, and hope you're having a good time listening. And uh, we're going to give you a ton of content here throughout the season just getting started, so make sure that you are following along by uh, subscribing to Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. Make sure you turn those notifications on so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes as we guide you through the 2022-2023 season. We are doing that with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.